Hi, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and this is episode number 141, Free Will, Refuting Roy Baumeister's Slate.com Defense, Part 2. Okay, I did Part 1 last week. I thought I might do a few episodes in between, but I figured I'd just go through them. We're taping on October 15th, 2013. Okay. Now, <laughs> this, is, this is about, like, there's a psychologist. He works at uh, Florida State University. His name is Roy Baumeister. And he believes there is free will. Um, so anyway, he published this article at Slate.com, this, like, internet news magazine. It's pretty popular. Um, on September 25th, and it, it's titled, Do You Really Have Free Will? He's arguing we do. But as I'm going to like show in this series, he's wrong. Okay, so like, so you know, we started with part one last week. We're going to do part two. I don't know how many parts it's going to take because you know we're going to be reviewing his his um, his article. I'm, I'm going to be paraphrasing mostly. I'm not going to like, you know, quote very much. But um, but we'll get through it. Okay, so here we go. Um, yeah, it might. I, who knows? It may take more than. Three more episodes may take less. If, if it takes less, then we'll do an off the cuff, like off the cuff number ten, whatever, for the, like the third episode today. Because I tape like three a day, whatever. All right. So anyway, where we left off last time, um, Baumeister was saying that like some of us like there's a lot of experiments in psychology that demonstrate that decisions we think we made are actually made at the level of the unconscious. Um, for example, there's these priming experiments where, like, they'll prime, like, these subjects, you know, with, priming is kind of like a way of, of motivating them to think of a certain way. Like, they'll have them do a certain word exercise. They won't know what the experiment's about. <laughs> and this exercise will include words like, let's say, bingo, elderly, cane, you know, whatever. You know, words that denote being old, right? The, um, the control group will have just words that don't mean anything, whatever, it's, don't have a certain kind of priming effect. And um, so anyway, so like they'll do this experiment. After the experiment's over, they'll observe the, um, the subjects walking to the elevator, leaving the building because it's on a high rise or whatever. And what the experimenters find is that the... the the subjects who've been primed for elder, elderly will walk more slowly than the others, okay? Now, this is just one of dozens, perhaps hundreds, of, the, of priming experiments that demonstrate that, you know, that a lot of times what we do is really, you know, decided in the unconscious. I wanted to go through one more to just to explain this more clearly. Another way to do this is through hypnosis and um, post-hypnotic suggestion. So, like, you'll have a person who will be hypnotized, okay? And the person will, the person who's hypnotizing the person will say, listen, you know, once you're out of your trance, you know, when the phone rings, you're going to, like, get down on your hands and knees and crawl a few paces on the carpet. And they do this stuff. This works. This isn't theory. This, is, this has been done. All right? So, like, so in the experiment, okay, that's what happens. You know, the guy's hypnotized. He's taken out of the hypnosis. You know, the phone rings. 
And lo and behold, he will like get on his knees, start walking a few paces, whatever, you know. And then here's the thing. Here's like the key with this is like then the person who hypnotized them will ask, well, why did you do that? And, and the person hypnotized will invent, confabulate uh, reasons. Like they might say, well, I don't know, I was admiring the carpet, you know. You know, the, the pattern is really, really interesting. Or, or, I don't know, I just felt I needed to stretch. They won't be aware of the underlying unconscious motivation or compulsion that made them to do what they do. So anyway, so like, Baumeister, and that's, that's kind of like an example of not having free will, you know, because like, you know, if you're like doing stuff that you think you're doing it for certain reasons, but you're not, as, as is evident in these two examples, no, you don't have a free will. All right, so anyway, so Baumeister is claiming that because of experiments like this, researchers, scientists will extrapolate that all behavior is caused in that manner. Okay, you know, and, and the choosing is an illusion. That's, you know, he says choosing an illusion. All right, well, here's the thing. These two experiments are good empirical demonstrations of, of the fact that, like, free will is an illusion, okay? But, but, you know, the case against free will is so much stronger. I mean, basically, all right, here, Baumeister is, <clears throat> excuse me, Baumeister is basically saying that we actually consciously choose. Okay, I'm going to refute this statement in two different ways. First, about the consciously, and then second, about the choosing. All right, so the, the fact is we don't consciously choose anything, okay? And this is why. Whenever we make a decision, any kind of decision, whether to eat an apple or an orange, whether to go to the movies or out to dinner, you know, whether to put on black socks or blue socks, whatever it is, you know, we've got to make this decision based on data, on information, on memories. Where, where's my camera? One of the, um, I don't know what good camera I'm on because, like, none of the lights are on. So I'm assuming I'm on three, but if I'm not on three, I hope I'll be on there. All right, there you go. Thanks. So um, anyway, so, um, all right, so we've got this unconscious, and that's where all our data is stored, our memories, you know, the memory of apple, the memory of orange, the memory of how they taste, our principles for deciding, you know, in other words, like we're hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. If we hate apples, we're not going to pick an apple. We're not going to choose an apple, right? You know, if we don't have any blue socks, we're not going to choose blue socks, whatever. So, so the idea is that all the data is stored in the unconscious, okay? I know I went over this in the last show, but this is, like, so important. You know, you got to, like, you got to understand this. You got to appreciate this. All right, back to the conscious mind. Consciousness is awareness. It is awareness. That's all it is. That all it's, uh, it's ever ha- has been, all it ever will be. Consciousness is awareness. You're aware of your perceptions, your sensations, your thoughts, your environment, and it's fleeting. It's momentary. You're aware of one thing. Right now, I'm aware of the number three that the light's on. <laughs> I'm aware of the clock. I'm aware of my paper. You're, you're aware that you're listening to me. You're listening to me. You're aware of what I'm saying. You're aware of the thoughts that are coming into your mind as you're having them. But this consciousness is fleeting. It's momentary. It goes from focus to point to point to point, you know. And the other thing about the, or there's a few other things about the conscious mind. Another thing 
is that um, the conscious mind, because it's fleeting, because it's momentary, because it's simply awareness, it's not a data storage mechanism, okay? It doesn't store data. So in other words, like, you know, if you're to pick between an apple and an orange and stuff like that, you're unconscious. The memory of how it tastes and all that, how these fruits taste, or, you know, if, if you want to go to see a movie or, or go to dinner, the memory of, like, the experiences of going to see a movie or going out to dinner, those things cannot be stored in your conscious mind because your conscious mind cannot store information, okay? It's fleeting. It's momentary. It's from moment to moment, and that's the way it is. That's the second part of, like, the, the, the conscious mind you need to understand. The third part is that the conscious mind in real time, okay, and I'm going to explain in real time, does not have access to the unconscious, okay? The conscious mind in real time does not have access to the unconscious. That is why we call it the unconscious. The unconscious is a part of our mind that is like, we're not, we're not aware of it. You know, before hypnosis, before the mesmerists, sometime before Freud, you know, we didn't even... Maybe, maybe the Greeks might have speculated that we have an unconscious, but we, they, they never even actually thought about it that much. But, like, our conscious mind, by definition, really isn't aware of the, of the, you know, what's in the unconscious. Well, you know, you might ask, well, how do we access the, the unconscious? Okay, you're probably familiar with certain kinds of, like, subliminal experiments where, like, they'll flash a picture or a movie on a screen, but then subliminally they'll flash a screen or two that your conscious mind will pick up on, but your unconscious mind won't. Or, I'm sorry, your unconscious mind will pick up on this subliminal flashing of the screen. It's, it's, it's flashed so fast that your conscious mind isn't aware of it, but your unconscious mind is. Okay, now this, this refers to other psychology experiments. Well, then they'll ask the subject to see something, do something, decide something, and they will actually decide based on that unconscious perception of that flashing momentary, you know, whatever it is, message they wanted to test for. So what I'm trying to say with this is like when you're perceiving something, when you're thinking something, looking at something, hearing something, it's not your conscious mind that's only doing it. Basically, is in, in this experiment, all right, with the um, with the photo, you know, with the movie and the subliminal message, the unconscious mind was perceiving both that movie and, you know, additionally the the unconscious um, the subliminal material. Okay, so in other words, what I'm trying to say is the unconscious mind is also perceiving what the conscious mind perceives. Some of the stuff that the unconscious mind perceives, it doesn't make us aware of. It doesn't let us know about it, okay? But it still perceives it, as in these subliminal, you know, unconscious message experiments, all right? So, 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 so what I'm trying to say is, like, whenever you're deciding between an apple and an orange, it's not just your conscious mind that is, like, that is deciding. Your unconscious mind is actually, you know, kind of like considering that too. Now, here's the thing. Um, and again, I, I don't know what, what camera's on. Um, all right, here we go. So um, here's the thing. You're making a decision. You got to understand, your conscious mind in real time. Now, the reason I'm saying in real time is because like, 
you can access what's in the unconscious. In other words, like, let's say you have a repressed memory. You've got, let's say you went through some traumatic experience and it was so difficult to accept that it got lodged in the unconscious and you can't remember it because it's, cause, you know, it's so unpleasant, right? So you can't consciously remember, but you go through therapy, through psychoanalysis, through some kind of like memory regenerative process, whatever, and that memory will surface, all right? But like you can't make that happen in real time. You can't say, well, I'm going to access the, the, the contents of my unconscious in real time. Because again, by definition, the unconscious is part of the mind. Your conscious mind isn't even aware of and naturally, if your conscious mind isn't aware of your unconscious, it can't control it. All right? So, um, all right. So then what happens is... I'm losing my train of thought. Um, all right. So you've got this... The, the unconscious is, um, is where the data is, okay, you know, on, on everything. And because uh, I'm trying to say a lot... Um, and um, and so that's because your conscious mind doesn't have access to the unconscious, it doesn't have control of it. So your decisions, you know, the act of deciding, anything you decide, any thought you're having happens at the level of the unconscious. OK, and the unconscious, again, you can't have an unconscious free will, you know, to, to really bring this back to, to the, our point very, very directly. You know, if our decisions, if our thoughts, if our feelings first happen at the level of the unconscious and then we're made aware of some of the activity in the unconscious, because again, the unconscious will just choose to not make some of its material apparent to us or aware, you know, won't make us aware of it. If, these, if, this, if this decision-making and this perception and all that, these thoughts are happening at the level of the unconscious first, obviously that's not a free will. You know, they cannot be freely willed because, you know, the unconscious is not something we're aware of. All right, so, and like, all right, in order to like, all right, if you want more information on this, because I'm, I'm explaining this very kind of like matter-of-factly, very logically, you know, in terms of like what the conscious mind is, what the unconscious mind is. And I think you understand that, you know, again, if the data, the memories, the perceptions, the sensations, the cognitions that we're going to base the principles upon which we decide, the moral principles, the hedonic principles, if this stuff is all located in our unconscious and our conscious mind doesn't have access to it, it doesn't have control of it, obviously, then that means the decision-making is at the level of the unconscious, and that's why we don't have free will. If, again, I was, what I was going to say is, like, to find out more about this, how they know this through empirical research, in addition to this, like, kind of, like, logical, just, you know conclusion that I've just basically presented to you. There's a guy, Dan Wegner, Daniel Wegner, who's a Harvard psychologist. In 2002, he published a really, you know, I think a landmark book. Um, It's called The Illusion of Conscious Will. And it's a pretty dense read. He he presents a lot of material. And, um, but basically he describes experiment after experiment after experiment where you have like these subjects thinking that they're in control, that they're consciously controlling things when they're actually, their unconscious is, is controlled. So he, you know, he just like, he just shows how they've demonstrated this in science a lot. All right, so anyway, so the first part of this, you know, refutation of Baumeister's claim is that all decisions are made 
at the level of the unconscious and the unconscious at its discretion, at its soul discretion, decides whether it's going to make whatever it does conscious or unconscious. Right now, my unconscious is doing stuff that I'm not aware of. So is yours. You know, that's how an unconscious works. Here's another thing about the unconscious. The conscious mind is involved in serial processing. In other words, like we have one conscious thought, then we have another one and another one. We don't have more than one conscious thought or perception at a time. I mean, there's been an experiment sometimes where we can be conscious of maybe two or three things at once, but that's, I'm not sure, because um, they could be like milliseconds apart and all. But the unconscious mind is, is capable of what's known as parallel processing. In other words, like the unconscious mind right now actually is listening to all that it's making you say, making whatever you're thinking right now, whatever you're hearing, the unconscious mind is focusing on that. It's also, your unconscious mind is also like um, regulating your heartbeat, it's regulating your breathing, it's regulating all of the processes, all of your autonomic processes in your body, all right? So your unconscious is doing a lot of things at once, all right? So anyway, so the idea is like, so because our thinking is first done or deciding is first done at the level of the unconscious and we're not in control of the unconscious that's why we don't have free will again free will means i can't believe we're going almost done with this show i'm, I'm here like on the first point i'm not done with this um basically um i lost my train of thought again i didn't get much sleep last night i, I don't know why I, I drank some coffee this morning but i don't know all right um so anyway um so because, all right, free will means that you can, like, decide what you want to decide. You can think what you want to think independent of anything that's not in your control. That's the thing. You're not being coerced by anything. You're not being controlled, manipulated, compelled by anything. That's what the belief in free will says. And if your unconscious is compelling, coercing, mandating, dictating, processing, deciding everything for you before it makes you aware of anything that it does, if it wants to make you aware of whatever it does, obviously that means you don't have a free will. All right, that's refutation number one. Okay, the other part of Baumeister's statement as is that he, you know, he claims in this statement that we can consciously choose, okay? So we just dealt with the consciousness part, you know, just basically saying that our thoughts are at the level of the unconscious. Now we're going to deal with the choosing part, okay? Because, like, even though we kind of colloquially, you know, say that we quote-unquote choose, you know, we make choices, like we, you know, I chose what to wear today and all, we don't really choose most technically, most precisely. We don't choose anything. And... A good way to, to describe this, so, so anyway, so like, that means Baumeister is wrong on both counts. We don't consciously choose. We, it's not conscious, it's not a choice. I'm going to explain why it's not a choice. All right, let's say you have a, a, a string of dominoes, 100 dominoes, okay? And you've got the 99th one, you know, you, you topple the first, the first topples the second, second topples the on to the 99th, and the 99th topples the 100th, right? Now, you wouldn't say that the 99th domino chose to topple the 100th, okay? You wouldn't say that. It didn't. It was compelled to. It was this chain of cause and effect starting with the first domino that made it topple the 100th. Okay, that's premise one. Premise two, let's say you invent a robot and 
you program the robot like a computer that every time it reaches an obstacle, it's, make a, it's going to make a left turn, okay? Any, you know, wall or anything, it's going to make a left turn. So you program it, you set it off, it goes to a wall, it makes a left turn. Now, are you going to like, are you going to like say that the, that robot chose to make a left turn? No, you programmed it to make a left turn. It wasn't its choice. It was your choice. It wasn't really your choice because I'm speaking colloquially. So, you know, I'll get to that later. I don't have much time. So anyway, um, so basically that's, so a, a, a robot, a computer doesn't make choices. And if we're hardwired, here's my point. If we're hardwired to always seek pleasure, avoid pain, I know there's caveats to that. Always do what we think is most moral at the, at the time. I know there's caveats to that. Always do what we think is most reasonable. In other words, we're hardwired in certain ways to act in certain ways, both genetically and because of our learning. Well, actually, it's genetic. So if we're hardwired in those ways, then no, we're, we're kind of like controlled. But the main, all right, these are just like two asides, two premises. But the main reason why we don't choose anything is because everything has a cause, okay? Everything has a cause. Every, nothing can happen that's not caused. You know, that's, that's the reality. So, so what happens? You make a decision. You do anything. You move a muscle. Whatever you do, it, you do something. There's a cause to that, okay? And there's going to be a cause to that, okay? Because everything has to have a cause. And that cause has to come before whatever it is that you do, all right? So I've said this about a thousand times, and I may have to say it ten thousand until you get it. So that's all right. Um, so all right. So everything has a cause. The cause of whatever you did has a cause. Whatever you chose, whatever you thought, whatever you intended to do. Because some some clueless philosophers will say, "Well, no, intentions are different. They're not." All right. Any kind of cognition you have, and any kind of perception you have, it's going to have a cause, and there's going to be a cause to that cause, and there's going to be a cause to the cause of that cause, and a cause to the cause of that cause, okay? And these causes are going to regress back in time. In other words, it's the chain of cause and effect. Cause and effect, you know, and again, these, these causes are always going before their effect. The cause can never go after its effect. So you've got this chain of cause and effect from anything you do, from everything you do, going back cause by cause by cause, and it goes back moment by moment, however you want to define cause. You can define it most generally as the state of the universe. In other words, the state of the universe... All right, I'll explain this briefly. This causal chain that I'm describing started with the Big Bang. The Big Bang was the universe in its entirety. The second moment of the universe was completely caused by the first. The third moment in the universe was caused by the second. The fourth by the third. And onward to, to now. So in other words, like, what I'm trying to say is like, some people will say, well, you can't know the causes of, what, of our decisions, so you can't say that they're caused. We do know the cause of every human decision. We know the cause of everything that happens. And that's the state of the universe at the moment prior to whatever happened. So anyway, so you've got these, these causes... You know, these causes to whatever you did, whatever you decided, you know, and in this case, we'll say the cause is the state of the universe at, at the moment before whatever. So you've got these states of the universe causing subsequent states leading up to what you did, but they regress back in time before you were born, before the planet was created, before the solar system was created, ultimately to the Big Bang and who knows what happened before. So you've got this causal chain that eventually results you know, inevitably, you can't, you know, with causality, you can't interject stuff into causality. It's like, you know, if the universe is evolving, everything within the universe has to evolve with the universe. You can't have something happening that's outside of the universe. So that, 
that is why we don't even choose, okay? If you've got the Big Bang event and whatever came before basically initiating this chain of cause and effect, and in this case, the state of the universe, that ultimately evolves to where it's making you do whatever you do, obviously, you're not technically choosing anything, okay? The choice has been made for you. Now, it might appear to you as if you have a choice. You know, it might appear to you that you're choosing between an apple and an orange, but that choice has already been determined by this um, causal chain of events. And the reason you know that, because, like, ultimately, like, you'll decide, let's say, on the apple or the orange. But uh, once you decide, then you can trace the, the causal chain back. All right, so we've gone through one statement, and we've got about two and a half minutes left. And, okay, what else? Um, I think, so, all right, basically... I might as well stay with this because, like, you know, I had no idea this was going to, you know, we just we just got through one statement. That's all right. And I'll keep repeating this stuff because, like, you know, not everybody sees every episode. So we've, we've got to, like, you know, basically repeat the points for people who haven't seen the previous ones, whatever. Um, so our, our decisions are made at the level of the unconscious. That's why they can't be freely willed, freely chosen. Our decisions are not technically decisions because they're compelled. And others, all right, wait a minute. I'm, I'm glad I, I, see, these thoughts are just coming to me. Before, if I had a free will, I would have said this, but it didn't come to me. Now, I'm not saying that our decisions aren't chosen, quote, unquote. Well, maybe they aren't. I don't know, because here's the thing. We're not choosing them, all right? You might want to say that the Big Bang chooses our decisions, but you can't even say that. You know why? Because, like, there's, there's this idea that nothing can come from nothing. So in other words, there must have been, the universe must have existed in some way, in some state, before the Big Bang. We, in science, have no access to that at all. There's no way we can know what happened before the Big Bang, at least yet. Who knows? Maybe eventually it will. But anyway, you know, logically, you would think that something had to have happened. But think about this. If, if everything has a cause, you've got this chain of cause and effect regressing from the Big Bang eternally back into the past. So actually, you could never come to a point where you're, made, where you're saying definitively, this was the cause of what's happening now. Because if you've got an eternally regressing, you know, infinitely regressing chain of causality, there's never a beginning. I understand that doesn't make sense. At a certain point in reality, in, in reality, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Okay, It's like infinity. You know, How could like, the universe go outward infinitely without stopping? How could it stop? It's got to go on beyond where it's stopping. Some parts of our universe don't make sense, but that's inconsequential to this question. Once we started the Big Bang, you know, everything following that is caused by the Big Bang and anything we have that happened before. But again, my, my point is like, you know, our, our decisions aren't really decisions. They may not even be chosen. I'm, I'm glad you're watching this. I will come back with part three of, of this series on Biomeister next time. Thanks for watching. I'll see you again soon.